Stack, bro, your idea is whack. Talk about Jace, time to hit you with the attack. I'm going to spit four bars in a Phyrexian soap machine. Ain't no amount of scrubbing that can keep these band arguments clean. But before I show you how I flex, you better read the card text. I don't know what you've been sipping, and Jace doesn't read. Duh, winning. So the man is screwed and get back on track. Sorry, Spruik and Chapin, you've just been jacked. Welcome to Man Screwed. This week, we are going to be taking your messages and talk about questions that no one will answer, but we will. This week, I'm joined by the most loved man in magic, Jack LaCroix. And you know, like, I'm starting to believe that it's been a really long time since I got any hate mail. I started this brand new podcast along with some other people called Horde of Notions, in case you haven't listened to it yet. And I've yet to get any hate mail from it. I'm really starting to think I'm losing my touch. I know. Well, that tonight will take care of that. <laughs> Definitely. We have the founder, the host, the man who makes the show go, the man who's come out of retirement to come back into the show. That's Tangent. What is up, everyone? And and by the way, just out of curiosity, who the hell are you? Me? Mr. I don't introduce myself. <laughs> I'm Ignore like, the man behind the microphone, Tangent. I'm like Elvis. <laughs> I'm like the dark voice that you hear in the middle of the night. You know. You're not the silent assassin. We already know who that is, man. Yeah, that makes yeah. my aim is Clint Robert. Yes, and he's on another podcast that's supposedly recording either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, we also have my friend, the man who finished in, uh, how well did you finish last weekend? Not nearly as well as I wanted to. But he did, always the case. He did not finish as bad as some people that we know who've played in recent tournaments. Scotty Mac. <coughs> <laughs> it's Ladon. <laughs> I mean, you can say Gutentag for all that we care, man. But okay. There we there go. There we go. All right. And I'm Robert, as you know, from my numerous podcasts all over the place on this wonderful NTG cast network. But tonight, we have questions that no one will answer, and we will. And we will start from Alan from Milwaukee Magic Cards and Games. Three questions. What is the problem with women in magic and not being enough of them? Showers. That's, that's pretty simple. Let's go to the next question. They've got boobs, therefore they have better things to do. Tangent. <laughs> uh, you mean what? Like, okay, so showers is a good one. That, that, that was a good point. I think it's also just the fact, plain and simple fact, that women put their time into other things than games. Yeah. There's not too many women that just sit around and play games of any kind, much less magic. So, you know, awesome. it's, it's a neat thing to do, man. And I'm awesome. basically the answer that does both. <laughs> Go ahead, Jack. I'm sure. not saying all women are that way. <laughs> I'm just saying that a majority, much like, you know, not all guys sit around and play games all day either. Well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do have your penis. Ah, oh, there we go. Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> all right. Well, what I was going to say is, if we want to seriously answer this, I think men and women both get something different out of uh, games, be it magic or board games. And this is going to make me sound like a sexist bigot, but considering I post half-naked women on my blog anyways, I don't really think I can go much lower. So, um, I think women... I think... I think... Women play games more for the social aspect of it, and not necessarily because they want to compete and win. And as men, we like we like butting heads with one another. And um, you know, even if there's nothing on the line, even if there's nothing to win, we enjoy the more competitive aspect of it. I mean, at least I do. So the women. Well, that- I like playing games with women, of course, but there are other games. So. <laughs> Dude, put the handcuffs down. Let's come with the wrong kind of dice. Well, the ones that do play uh, competitive games or, you know, 
cards games or magic or poker or anything like that. There's a different mindset to them. They have a aggressive go-getting, I don't fail kind of attitude. It's a different it's like they use a different side of the brain for it. Cuz you know how they say men are analytical and thinking and women are emotional. The women that actually play on that kind of competitive level are able to tap into both sides, which really can make them better at it than most men. Plus, and hot. I'm all about passing into both sides. Boy, oh jeez. Let's go to new formats, continual new formats. Basically the fact that Wizards is trying to get things right considering Extended is a massive failure. What do you think they have to do to get that right? Well, I think also what he meant by this is stuff like Plane Chase, too. That's true. You know, how dare those greedy bastards try to reach out to untapped markets? I mean, really. They don't support it. (laughs) You put out this wonderful product that should work and should tap into that casual crowd, and then you don't support it. How are you supposed to make a game that people are going to play if you don't support it? Very true. Extended sucks. Make any bones about it. Extended is, you know, double, whatever, double standard or... So basically what it means is I can play my standard deck, turn around and play extended with it. Yeah, and I mean, there's absolutely no pitch for me for extended, whereas, like, it used to be, oh, hey, guys, you remember how bad fairies was? Now you get to play with it all over again. It's quickly turning into, hey, guys, are you absolutely sick of the Stoneforge Mystic decks? Guess what? They've gotten even better. Well, I mean, hold on now, though. Just one second here. Was Extended really majorly loved and really desired before they changed it? I mean, Extended's never been a very loved format. It's kind of, you play it because it's Extended season, but there's not too many people that were just obsessing over playing Extended to begin with, right? I mean... Well, that's true. That's very true, but at the same time, at least it was unique the way it used to be set up. It was kind of this weird middle ground between standard and legacy, and you actually got to see some interesting decks pop up every now and then, like uh, the Epic Storm and stuff like that. But now it's literally just the decks you have now with a few additional cards. Yeah, I, I mean, it is to some extent, but I, well, to, to me... Like, I see what you're saying, but it's only because it went out longer. Like, what would happen What would happen in a couple of years when the other sets would have dropped off if we stayed in the other format or the other way it's extended was before? The, the main text out there would be, what, fairies and jund? And then, and then when those dropped off, what, what do we have? We have, you know... The same uh, old Stoneforge Mystic decks. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... Eventually, it would have happened anyway. It's just before before there was more years, so there was a little more diversity. But really, was it all that much diversity, or was it the decks that were good, you know, five years ago instead? I mean, it's just, I don't know. There, there was definitely a lot more you could do, but I guess come out with extended part two, and then you can have, like, eight formats that you play, and, uh, and then everyone will be happy. And then cards will skyrocket up even more. Oh, yeah. You think that yeah. course of wheels are expensive now, guys? Ha <laughs> ha. Channel Fireball is paying 60 cash a pop for it. <laughs> yeah, then Tarmogoyf will never go down in price. No, never, ever, ever. The one thing about Tarmogoyf was, is I remember when it first came out, it was like, who the hell would play this car? And it quickly fell to, like, the dollar bin. And, oh, what a mistake that was. But I forgot, we did. We were supposed to have another person on here. And actually, he's shown up. He would be known as Magician12. 
if he picks up his phone correctly. He, uh, uh, he's pr- he's taking a minute to get it. He's probably getting his mic and everything. Okay, well, then we'll just keep bugging him and going on until he shows up. All right, the next... <laughs> the last question he had was a new publishing schedule. Now, I guess that's in relation to when the product comes out. A lot of times, I mean, because they're pushing so much product, are they putting... Are they almost putting out too much product? I wonder. A full set of three and then a core set. Is that almost too much? Well, it feels like it's in the pocketbook sometimes, you know. But other than that, I, I don't know. I mean, I like a variety. I like I like things staying new, but it's a, you know it keeps things from getting boring and and you it keeps from from getting uh a stale medic and everything, but at the same time, it's like... Yeah, and it keeps you from having... Thoughts, well, what was that? It, and at the same time, it also keeps you from having these weird-ass rotations like Lorwyn recently. The thing about it is, is that you have so many... For the player who's trying to keep up with this, you have to keep spending and buying and buying and buying and it's now four times a year, that's a lot of money to commit to because, you know, you think about the fact Karn's going to come out, what's that going to be, 50, 60 bucks to start with if it's the way it's printed? At least? Allegedly the way it's printed. Allegedly. And We're going to that later in the show, too. We have a problem trusting those people from over there. You know, they let radiation leak out. <laughs> knows? I mean, who knows? I mean, be, they could have given us those cards live from the radiation site that could have all went to their head, but, you know, so we never know. that they're mutant cards... They could be mutant cards. Carn could okay. be. Oh, we have a new mechanic. Yeah, there two years new ago, mechanic. I did take out Godzilla for you, so it's okay. Oh, you did take Godzilla. That's it. Hey, maybe that's been the problem. Maybe Godzilla's coming back. Well, maybe, that's, maybe, that's how, maybe that's how the zombie apocalypse starts, is with radioactive magic cards. Would that not be, like, the most embarrassing and depressing, like, zombie revolution ever, though? It would be killed too quickly, I mean... Yeah, it would start from the comic stores, and the zombies would be all like slow moving and overweight, and it just it wouldn't work well. Yeah. Well, what if they had hate? <laughs> oh, tangents coming with it this week. Oh, and first strike, and first strike, because you never know. First strike might help against them slow people. No, no, they all have an effect, so that's natural. Uh, in fact, first strike. Man, you'd think we'd be making Phyrexian Crusaders here. Ha, 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 ha. All right, I tried. I tried. I tried. Let's get Rob. We know you're not funny. I know I'm not funny. That's, <laughs> that's pretty obvious. Hello. I'm, that's why I do interviews. I'm not I'm not exactly the hot, funny host. And speaking of a person who joined us a little late, Magician12, you know him as Chris. Say hello. Hey, guys. I'm here now. Hey, what's up, man? Welcome to Mana Deprived. (laughs) (laughs) I deserve that. (laughs) I deserve that. It's all right. Rob Betterfield's never done that before or anything. No, No, I never never plugged the wrong show that I'm on, right? We're doing it. I don't know anybody on this, like, entire network that mispronounces things. Are we doing hardcast now? Which one to use, Tristan? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, this man in the price never had a podcast, so it's like there, there's not even a reason for it other than the fact that it's got mana in the name. 
Yeah, can you imagine their like forums and everybody was getting on there being like, "Hey, where's the new episode, Robert? Who the hell is Robert?" <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> speaking of someone who's on the A team, Mr. Scotty Mack had a question about innovation or lack thereof. So why don't you guys start with that? So, so the question is, so this is the question. Let, let me just phrase it the way Scotty's asking it: the innovation or lack thereof. Is that a question? What's the, what's the actual question? Yeah, in regards, to, in regards to what format, really. He's basically saying that because this format is so stale, there's a second part of the question. SGG Open Event Series been good for the format, or is it leading to stagnation? Are we, I'm assuming oh, okay. we're talking about standard here? Yes, we're talking about standard. Gotcha. I think it's, I think it's stale, man. I, I agree with him. I think that there's a lack of, a lack of innovation. It seems like... Uh, but I mean, when that, it seems like there's always a deck that just dominates, and and everyone ends up resorting to playing that deck because they're not willing to try something different. Well, I think the problem with the SCG open events, and I'm not saying that they're bad. I think they've done a lot of good for Magic, and um, obviously people are taking them seriously because we've just doubled the amount of Grand Prix. Um, the problem is that they allow for decks to become very refined very quickly, and this does lead to people having a meta where, oh, hey, you know, you have this deck that's on the edge of perfection until the next set comes out. Do I really want to play anything else? Do I want to take that risk? And right now, we have a, you basically have a choice between two extremely efficient control decks. Because nothing well, else, well. as of yet, with the current card pull, in my opinion, can handle them. Okay, but the one thing, you know, in, in defense of the Star City game tournaments, and, and I do think, obviously, the more you play, not only the more are people going to hone things, just like Jack was saying, but also you're going to get a little bit bored with the format if you're playing it constantly. But the, oh, yeah. but the thing is, we've always had, or for well, for quite some time now, we've had Magic Online, and it's more popular than ever. Everyone's playing online or workstation, so it's not like these things aren't getting played. You know, right. it's not like it's only once a week. I guess the only issue with this is, is the fact that no one's trying to create new decks, because what happens is, is even the pros have said this, when you have the right deck and it's being played by the right person, it can be really unstoppable. And that's why most of the pros are playing Blue-White Cobblade, because when it's played correctly in the hands of someone who knows how to play it right. That's why Michael Jacobs plays Rug, because he knows Rug so well that he can take it to a top eight at a GP. You know, that's why Owen Turnwald's doing as well as he is this year, because he knows his deck so well, better than if one of us picked up the deck and tried to play it as well as he does. And that's the difference. And that's why they don't innovate, and that's why people that aren't at that level have to to try to break through the format. The problem well, is... Well, a pro is going to play what they think is going to be the best deck. I mean, even Conley will take a deck that, you know, if, if he is not able to figure something out on his own that's going to stand a good chance in that meta, then he's going to play what the best deck is. He's not, I mean... Every per, every person that's playing on the pro level wants to win, and if they can't figure something out that's innovative to take down the best deck, they're going to just play the best deck. O'Conley tried last weekend. He tried. Didn't exactly. Britney Spears is poop, wasn't it? 
It had a great thought to it, but the problem is he must have ran into some buzzsaws early because both him and Zam ran the same deck, and I think they both went out in three. Um, Robert, if you've got a link to his deck, I'd love to see it too. Link to it. I have him. I have. I looked over his shoulder at the deck. Does that help? <laughs> well, Alyssa took a picture. Unfortunately, no. Abyssal Persecutor? Oh, it seems good, yeah. And probably some swamps in there. But uh, yeah, what about swamp. Scotty's next question there? Which was the fact that there's... Oh, yeah, yeah, never mind, never mind. It was Those are all the same. We kind of brought them all together. The next one, I don't know how anybody wants to... Martin Knappen or Nefertog and Zeth Bernard or Dark Orso, asked about the reserve list, what we can do about it, or what should be done about it. Should there be cards removed from it? Should there even be a reserve list? I think there should be a reserve list, because I think that it's, uh... I mean, would you really want to flood the market with those cards? I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, if it's all about, uh... So I'm assuming we're worrying about this in regards to legacy, not like we're planning on bringing, like, boxes back or something, right? Hey, now, wait a minute. That'd be a great idea. Jack, did you say about bringing back... Uh, yeah, Black Lotus is Black absolutely Lotus. going to be an Innistrad for 150 negative percent. Um, <laughs> as far as the reserve list, I'm all for the Power 9 staying on it, but I think the rest of it needs absolutely abolished. Has anybody actually sat down and looked at the reserve list recently? How does Strip Mine ever make it to that list? Is what I want to know. Carnival of oh, Souls yeah. is yeah. on there. Power Nine, Power Nine, dude. That's that's really what I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I say Power Nine and the cards that make it so you extend the game or play for anti. Other than that, everything else should be off the list. No, see, I think anti the anti card should even be off there because who the hell has played with anti since 1993? My idea behind this is that I mean, would be gambling, Jack. That would be gambling. Right. Okay, 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 okay. Legal legal protection, I can understand that okay. then. But if you look at the list, I mean, there's stuff on there that doesn't even make any freaking sense. So put the car- things on there that legally protect Wizards of the Coast and the Power Nine, because, I mean, let's be real. Wizards of the Coast is never going to reprint the Power Nine anyways. And you could even put something like Time Vault on there if you want, because it's really the Power Ten, right? But Legacy is quickly becoming the most popular format right now for uh, most people who intend on having any kind of longevity with their magic collection. And it's going to die off unless something is done to quell the largely artificial market for legacy staples like Force of Will. It's going to get to well, the oh. price. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, dude, you've got you've to add five more on, not just the Power 9. I just realized you've got to add five more on. Uh, Time Twister, probably Yawgmoth's Will, and what else? No, no, dude, no, no. Far more simple than that, dude. Mountain, forest, swamp, yes. yes. island. Yes! <laughs> see, see, like, look, we will get to this later in the show, but there is a menace <laughs> in Magic right now that's far larger than Jace the Mind Sculptor, the reserve list being destroyed, and everything else. I'm going to go off like a freaking madman when we get to it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that to my heart. I got problems with it. We'll wait till later in the show before I go off. Okay, but Did, no, and <laughs> didn't they say they were making a six color? That would solve all the problems. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that too. I, I have a uh, an idea behind that too. But I honestly think that um, as far as the res- reserve list goes, look, if you're playing Magic like it is some kind of investment, you are doing it wrong. Wizards of the Coast, they do care about the secondary market, but. 
in earnest, I don't really think they have an allegiance to it. And if they thought that reprinting Force of Will and stuff like that was good for the health of the game and the health of Legacy, they would do it. It would be good for the health of every blue mage on the planet. I mean, even if it's just something like a From the Vault set, think about that. Think about how that would even subtly affect the prices of Force of Will just a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to do it, though. No, I don't think they will either until it gets to, like I said, this maximum point where it's either you do it or your format dies. Well, they said that is the SCG series making Legacy too expensive? Yeah, because everybody's playing it. My question is, is in two months, when Grand Prix Providence comes, how much will Legacy Staples be going for then? Okay, I let me give you guys a good one. Um, I bought my Force of Wills at Hillside Games in Asheville for $35 a pop, right? Wow. I thought that was crazy. I'm going to go on Star City Games right now, and I'm going to look up Force of Will, because we're using Star City in context of this uh, conversation, so... Force of Will right now is going for... Or John Medina, yeah, yes. yeah the, the Medina monster. Sorry, I saw mine last Force weekend. Force is going for $80 a pop on Star City. Now, like I said, keep in mind that Channel Fireball is buying them for 60 cash. So think about that. I mean, like, I've made at least double what I put into the card. I can only imagine how much more expensive Force of Will is going to go up unless something's done. Next stop, dollar bins, man. I'll be happy for that. No, like, in all seriousness, I would be happy if they went to the dollar bin if it meant more people got to play Legacy. Because my my first concern as a player is with the game. I don't really care, like, about the value of my collection. Yeah, is it cool that I can turn around and pay, like, one semester off at the college I'm attending? Yeah, that's awesome. But at the same time, I would rather be able to play the game for another 20 years or however old Magic is than have my, like I said, largely artificially inflated cards be at that price. The price of cards is all it does to prevent people from playing like Jack saying. And the reason why that's not good for the game, now a lot of pros may say, well, if you can't afford the cards, you're probably not on a level where you should be, you know, I mean, like, you know, you if you can't afford the expensive cards, you have to be in the big tournament anyway. That you don't just have to be fading out. <laughs> yeah, he, he's doing a robot right now. What was that? You're doing you, a You were a robot. robot there for a little bit, so uh, take it back just about two seconds. Oh, oh. That time. When you play poker, man, each of those cards is worth and everyone can play. Everyone can go out and play the game of poker anytime they want to. The pros are still going to separate themselves. So the pros shouldn't have anything to worry about. about. Yeah, since when has card availability ever been a problem for a professional Magic player? I mean, no, really. and most of them are associated with a site. They can usually just get them the day of the location. There were plenty of people on Channel Fireball that were getting together their Boros decks at the last minute, picking up, you know, Coths and the Hero of Oxid Ridge and whatever the last minute to fill out their decks. Absolutely. You know, that's 
that's what happens with this. Chris, any thoughts? Well, I mean, the way I think about it is legacy cards, you can almost look at them more like uh, stocks. Um, and Wizards is trying to protect people's investments. I mean, because a lot of the older players, they quit for a number of years. And welcome back, Mish. <laughs> we'll let Chris finish his thoughts. Hold on. All right. But right now, there are a lot of players coming back. What happened to me Barclay? Nice. Go ahead, Chris. There, there are a lot of players that are almost coming back from the dead, and I've noticed a lot in my local community, and they can take their old cards, and they can essentially buy a standard deck with the, it's essentially stocks. And I think Wizards is trying to protect the ability of older players to get back into the game now that it's gaining in popularity again. I mean, yeah, they did just blanket ban a bunch of old sets. I mean, some of those cards definitely shouldn't be on the reserve list. I mean, that's blatantly obvious. Mercenaries are so broken. Yes. Uh, mercenaries should definitely not be on the reserve list. Um, but I think they're more trying to preserve the investment that players have already put in than protect the secondary market. See, I don't That's know a very good point. Well, go ahead. The reason why I don't know if I agree with that is while there are a handful of cards from each set that are worth a lot of money, if you look at the old cards... The majority of cards went from a median value of, let's say, $2 down to a median value of 25 to $0.50 cents now. So, yeah, I that's mean, true. But so, I mean, if you look have, at it... Go ahead. Uh, if you look at some of the older sets, like um, Force of Will, was I think it was a common or an uncommon. uncommon. I don't remember which. Uncommon. Yeah, an uncommon. But one of my friends that just came back into the game, he literally had a stack of 45 of them. And there are a lot of cards like that that the value on them exploded, like sinkholes, too, you know, back from Alpha, Beta, Unlimited and all that. Their prices exploded, and they were common. So, I mean, there are a lot of commons and uncommons which have a huge value now that older players are going to, you know, remember and think they were worthless then, so they're going to have stacks of them stuck in a shoebox somewhere. I mean, so, yeah, there are a lot of cards that can be worth nothing now, but the value on cards was just lower then um, in general. I mean because there wasn't this huge secondary mark. Well, I just look at, for example, back in the day, say back in 97, looking at Legends. It was a couple-year set, and the average value of a Legends Rare, 10 to 15 bucks. Tell me a single set you can look at now where the average value of Rare is even $5. The reason why this is not going to change, and I don't think we're doing a whole lot about it, it's simply this. It's a collectible card. Poker isn't a collectible card game. As much as I would like everyone to be able to use every card, the fact, the fact that they intended this game to be a collector's item is the reason why prices are going to vary like that and the reason why they're not going to to try and help you out about it because realistically, that's what it's for. It's supposed to be a collectible card game. It's not just a competitive card, and, and the fact that it's collectible is always going to stand in the way of the people that want the best card. Okay, let's go on to our next one, and that would be submitted by Dylan Lurch, who is a, or DT Lurch on Twitter. He is a writer for Quiet Speculation. He asks, question, why is blue underpowered in the format right now? Well, got what Chase, what format is he talking about? I Take away... Well, if we're talking about standard, take away Jace. And preordain. You have Manaly. 
Well, you still no, got that isn't seats and uh, those are pretty powerful cars in the current format. But those are only I mean, no cars. Take away Jace, though. I mean, really, what do you have? Jace is the most non-linear solution has right now. Name me a blue creature yeah. card that's played. Titan. Frost. Ooh, Robert. Ooh. Was there one Frost Titan in the top 64? Dex? What? No, no, no. Well, you said like name. Dude, you said blue creature that's played. You didn't say it had to be any day. I'm talking, uh, if you want to look at last weekend. There wasn't a rug deck. There wasn't any of those decks out there. Not one of the decks in the top 64 had a Frost Titan in it. Well, because of the fact that the format is just way too fast. And I really think it's a passive-aggressive deck. I think blue is just been a color. Even when it was solid there for a while, it was blue-white. It's not like mono-blue. Uh, all right, so what do we got to do to make blue better? I think it, I think in reality, you're right. All it is is utility. But the problem is, is if it's just utility, is that really good for the format? Because Wizards' vision is to have every color be able to run by itself, to be able to run a mono white deck or a mono green deck or a mono black deck. Now, obviously, with this set coming out, you're going to be able to run mono black. What is it going to take to make blue playable? I think it's going to take them finding proper balance. And it's weird uh, saying that after 20 years in Tinker. But the problem is blue. You give it too much, and about blue, the color to beat up, like, oh, blues, or plot power, blah. If you give it just utility, people don't pay it any attention. There is middle ground like there is with other I would like to see what that middle ground is because personally, and I understand his point, when you even build casual decks with blue, it's merfolk are okay. Well, okay, well, let, let's take a really good uh, creature that I just thought of in when we were talking about this a moment ago. Um, Grand Architect, right? Yes. That a lot of utility applications, and can you build a mono blue deck with it? Yeah. I think that would be a really good example of a middle-of-the-ground blue card because... While it is very much a utility card, it can be a lord for your merfolk deck. It can be the thing that combos you, combos you out. It has lots of applications that people just simply are not aware of. Tough category to be into with this. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I think blue needs to have real counter spells brought back, and the need to have possibly creatures that have the ability to counter on a limited basis, like maybe a, a single token you can remove. Well, they have that in well, folks, but that, that was in Lorwyn. Well, you know, something to think about, guys, is we do have this new Phyrexian symbol mechanic that's going to be coming out in uh, Neil Patrick Harris, and um, there has been rumors that there's going to be a, you know, double blue Phyrexian or triple blue Phyrexian counterspell, so you are going to have, technically speaking, a free counterspell back again. What, what about that? Would that be too overpowered? Is that fair? Is that a, Would that be considered a real counterspell? Chris, your thoughts? Actually, on that front, I think that a card like that would actually be fair because blue has to protect their life total so much, and it would increase the power of red versus blue because Which would they, be very flavorful. Exactly. Um, and it would really prove... It would make the cream rise to the top on how to play with those cards because if you take your life total too low, they're going to blow you out and you're going to die, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
but you can also hold on to that until the last minute and save yourself. I mean, it's it, it'd be a card that would be very interesting in how to how you play with it. And I think that Blue's real problem is a lack of inter- interactivity with creatures. I mean, it's got Unsummon and, you know, Jace to bounce it, but as far as Blue's Blue goes, I mean, yeah, they can counter spells and interact with your spells and stuff like that, but they don't have any really good middle-of-the-road creatures. I mean, yeah, they've got some big fatties like Sphinx of Jawar Isle that you can't do anything about, but, you know, they don't have your... Your two twos with a random ability that's decent, like white does, or like red does with uh, manic vandal and stuff. They don't have utility creatures; they just have utility spells. Oh, Jack, that was so, another that was another card in the deck too. One Sphinx of Jarwile in Conley's deck. <sighs> that's well, my boy. Look at look at it this way, also, guys. For one thing, blue. When was the last time blue was really super solid by itself? Probably fairies, right? And then you've got you've got spells like Cryptic Command, which is you know a very versatile spell with great options to it. You've got you've got creatures that are flash that have great abilities. You need things like that because blue is underpowered in general. So you need you, they need to make up for it in some way. And being able to flash in your creature to counter a spell, flash in your creature to you know tap down to your opponent or whatever, whatever you can do. If you can flash in a creature and, and and do something with it, or if you can have spells that will counter a spell and allow you to draw a card or something along those lines, then you start talking about giving blue more power, more options. Blue's supposed to be control. So they need more ways to control if that's the case, better ways to control. You know, um, a card that I always thought would be a great idea, and this was especially discussed a lot between me and my friends when Cancel was legitimately the only real counterspell we actually had available to us in Standard, was something that said, you know, two blue and a colorless uh, counter target spell, scry one. That's that's kind of a lot like what you're talking about, um, Tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've tried to fix blue. Well, we gave our thoughts on that one. Let's go to the next one. Our friends from the Raiders of the Fury Puzzle Box, whenever they produce their next show, it will be waiting. Wait, so I thought Sam was going to be on here at some point. I, you know, I was supposed to be on their show too, but, you know, they don't do those. So No, I know, but he said because they're not doing their show, they want to be on. But anyway, that's yes. the point. He asked, how about people trying to fix formats when there aren't really issues? Well... I think what you encounter a lot of is Magic is a game that is very close to people's fragile sense of ego. And people feel that no matter... and it, It's also a game that you have a direct hand in. I mean, I know for a fact that the people at Watsy listen to Monday Night Magic and Man is Screwed. Right? Um, because the player base is so directly interactive with the people that develop the game, and because it is a game that, like I said, I feel so very close to people's egos, you have a lot of times when people think that their idea is correct, but they're not necessarily look, thinking about what is healthy for the game as a whole. They're thinking about what is healthy for themselves. I'm a firm like believer they, that if it, if it ain't broke, break it. Yeah, that's right. Just take every vase in the house and be like, to hell with you. Kick it over. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, your thoughts? I really don't think there are issues with the format. Right now, I mean, people are trying to fix it because they're tired of the continually 
moving around to the format. I mean, because you, if you really look at it, you know, you, know, you see a lot of Cobblade, and so it's really a statistical thing, not so much, you know, Cobblade's really powerful, because Cobblade's got so much of a share of the metagame right now that it's bound to have someone do really well, unless it's just a terrible deck. And the metagame is shifting. I mean, we saw Red Deck come up and win a Star City Open out of nowhere. We saw Blue Black come back in uh, in Madrid. I think it was Madrid, yeah. Um, you know, it's not just Callblade. The other decks are coming back, and it's rotating in and out. You know, Callblade is just a continually solid contender. I mean, people were complaining about Valakit months ago, you know, saying it needed to be fixed. It's just uh, the next stage of the evolution of the game. Then let's move on to Garth Tanner or GJ Tanner 87. How are people willing to pay $50 for a card that isn't isn't even confirmed? What happens with traders if he isn't really that card? Well, I think what a better way to phrase this question is how the hell can Star City expect people to pay 50 bucks for a card that may not even be the real thing? They're basing their sale list off of a spoiler list on MTG Salvation. And we all know yeah. MTG Salvation is the truth for everything. Well, to be fair, Salvation is accurate, I want to say, about 80% of the time. Okay? But there's also that 20% of the time when they miss one word on the card, and that changes that card's viability entirely. Now, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that the current spoilers are probably legitimate. Okay? But by that same token, I have absolutely no proof of individuals, so how the heck can Star City have some proof of business? I personally, I think this is an extremely risky venture, and I would not advise anybody to do it, especially with the fluctuating prices of cars, as we've already discussed. Why would you do this to yourself? I mean, if you want to go waste 50 bucks, you can probably find a craft table somewhere in your town. That Phyrexian Canceller? The one that's for twenty five, yeah, really twenty five dollars. Oh, you know you want it. Well, yeah, but not at twenty five dollars. Not at twenty five dollars. And what if it's not the real card? What if it's written the way it used to be, and that's you sacrifice permanence for every damage it takes? Then the what card's in the dollar is, bin. What if there's really a spoiler inside the spoiler list, and it's set up like Inception, and to play the game, we're going to have to play a sub game, figure out what cards we're really playing. It does happen where mistakes are made. I remember like a couple of sets ago that they they were for sure like they were positive that Imperius Perfect was coming back and that never came back. Yeah, I mean obviously I don't think they were pushing for on Star Station. But you know, there's a lot of people that was that was coming back and you know I think at least made it until it comes out on, on the Wizards website. The funny thing is, you know, they're not really panicking about this, Wizards, and that's what makes me think this is legit. They would be posting the stuff up there, pricing. Don't you think Wizards would be, like, saying, uh, guys, you might not want to do that? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think that their Karn as is printed, because it has to be the card they're talking about. Uh, there's something wrong with that translation of that. I'm not quite sure if for no other reason than the Shara's artifact does have, make me just curious as to why Wizards of the Coast would print something like that again. 
But then again, I mean, it, for all practical purposes, spoiler as it is right now is probably legit. But that's still that's a really risky venture to go into. I mean, Venzer was thirty bucks before that came out, right? And now you can pick them up for fifteen. Ten. Unless you just yeah yeah exactly ten bucks. Did I notice a trend okay, among customers? But it is, okay, it is usually the lady varieties that uh, have problem with their systems. We're not going to go there. We'll leave that one alone. Okay. Check uh, <laughs> your rep was recorded. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah, like, not that I think the whole band Jace thing.